0: Luton Town begin 2024 with the magic of the FA Cup when Bolton Wanderers are the team coming to Kenworth Road for FA Cup third round action Sunday 2pm alongside me to preview the first game of the new year is the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe James uh, looking forward to uh, a bit of cup football
1: one of the best days of football calendar, this mate.
0: absolutely it is we'll discuss this game and much more uh, on the podcast after this intro
1: This town. I love this town. I love this, this town. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're for people.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. As you'll know by now, I'm your host, Kev. And as I said before the intro, I'm joined by James, as always. Before we start, James, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, mate. Happy New Year to Luton fans all around the world, particularly those who watch or listen to this. And if you don't, you won't know that I'm wishing you Happy New Year anyway. So uh, (laughs) that's your loss and not ours. Um, Before we get stuck into this game, James... Some breaking news uh, hit earlier on and very welcome breaking news. It was too. Uh, Andros Townsend has signed a new deal. He pretty much alluded to the fact that he was signing that deal when you spoke to him after the Chelsea game on Saturday. And uh, we've got confirmation of it. He's here for the foreseeable future. I think most people uh, believe it to be 18 month deal, potentially with the option with a little bit more uh, on top of that. However long it is, though, it's just fantastic news. It's
1: massive, yeah. A great way to start twenty twenty four. Yeah, we, we knew it was coming um, even before I spoke to him after the Chelsea game. I think we we heard murmurings that it was in the works, and certainly in the pre match press conference that was that was said as well. But yeah, it's a big statement. It was to get him in the first place, I think. Um, but obviously, it came with the caveat of, of of could he still do it because he'd been out since Ma- March twenty twenty two with a knee injury, so. He's shown that he can very much do it and he's been getting better and better. So, um, yeah, to, to be able to uh, attract a player of his calibre, albeit it's at the twilight of his career, but not if you speak to him. <laughs> he's saying he's in the best shape of his life. So to to, to get him, um, it's fantastic. To keep him for the whole season more uh, is even better. Um, but I think what's most impressive, really, is just the way he talks about Luton because it's, you have to pinch yourself sometimes that Ross Barkley and Andrews Townsend are playing for Luton not only playing for them playing out their skins and talking like it they absolutely love the place and what more can you say about what this club is than two players that have been there and done it for that amount of time in, in top flight football you know turning up at Luton with you know a great attitude and humbleness and putting in shifts and and making people fall in love with him, really.
0: Absolutely that, yeah. I mean, he's always said he hasn't got a point to prove to the outside world, just to within himself, that he can still do it. But our next league game, he very much will have a point to prove because I don't know what Burnley are doing this season, but the best thing they've done was rip up his contract and let him come and sign for Luton Town because he's absolutely... It's not just... Well, we've said this on plenty of other podcasts, not just what he brings on the pitch, which is getting better and better every time we see him off the pitch is massive as well both the first team squad and the academy you know just to have someone of that presence to to look up to to ask questions to pick brains and he's bringing so much to the club and uh, yeah thanks Burnley you've uh, you've you've done us a right touch there absolutely i mean he's the embodiment of this
1: notion that we've been um living with for a number of years now that luton don't just sign the players they sign the men and these are great he always stops to chat to anyone particularly you know me in the mix zone after games when you watch a lot of the big teams come along and not that I'm trying to speak to any of them because I don't care (laughs) but the national journalists who stood alongside me like trying to go can you give us two minutes Mohammed Salah and all this sort of stuff and not that I saw Mohammed Salah do this but I've seen plenty of Chelsea players and Arsenal players just walk past pretend they're on their phones or just go no and stuff. but Andros will stop and chat all the time I mean that interview I did with him after the Chelsea game um, is, he had to like stop every now and again because his, his kid was sort of running out the door his wife was there and stuff so I, I very much sympathised with him being a father <laughs> <laughs> of, of two children but it was the most interesting interview I've done for some time
0: the Chelsea players would have stopped, but they were too busy falling on their arse, rolling around the corridor uh, <laughs> yeah. to uh, to bother. It was, uh, yeah, well, we covered that in the uh, sort of review podcast that we did, of which we should just say thanks very much for all the uh, great comments. We're glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks also to the media team for giving me access to uh, the gantry so that I could come up there and record that with you. Um, Shame shame! the lights went out at the last minute of it. <laughs> they, they, they did. That was the one thing. You plan everything in this world, but you can't plan for a little bit of lighting, can you? And, uh, But no, we're, we're glad that you enjoyed it. And we will try and do uh, many more of those over the course of 2024, particularly when big games come along. Can't guarantee that it will be at every game just purely because of the way the schedule works and everything. But we'll do as much of that sort of thing as we can uh, going forward. Right, FA Cup. First of all, James, before we get stuck into this game as a whole, what's the FA Cup mean to Luton this season? Obviously, we're trying to fight uh, a survival battle in the Premier League, but is it one that you just want in and out ASAP, or can we use this as a little bit of momentum? I mean, I'm thinking, you know, sort of Johnston Paint Trophy sort of thing at the time where we were fighting a relegation battle 15 years ago. It did us no harm then, so is it something that can build confidence and momentum or is it something we just want out of to concentrate on the league I
1: I hope it's the the former really um maybe it's because I'm a fan a football person of a certain vintage but the FA Cup means a hell of a lot to me and I I think you I worry that you might see younger fans sort of not that bothered by it now they're in the Premier League and stuff like that and I think that'd be such a shame because you know you know out, out of the top flight in those 30 odd years we were out of the top flight one of the best uh, times was that run in the in the FA Cup getting to the semi-final and I, I managed to get to the semi-final got tickets at the old Wembley it was an amazing day um, until they started playing football <laughs> <laughs> until <laughs> Gavin Peacock <laughs> turned up yeah until that happened but uh, it was an amazing day and uh, just the whole feel of the run beating West Ham and, and Newcastle on the way was incredible really and you know, we've not seen them win the thing, obviously. Um, but just to, to have those moments and, uh, you know, the, the Scotty Oaks hat trick against West Ham, um, where he left egg on the face of Dan Potts' dad, <laughs> who looks exactly like Dan Potts. Um, it's, it's the sort of stuff that sticks with you forever. And it, it, it does for me as sort of, they're, they're some of my most formative memories of, of football. So um. I've got no doubt that the the team that will be playing will be different, but they've got so much to play for if they want to be in with a shout in the Premier League as well, that they've got to take the ball by the horns. This can't be an Exeter or a Newport showing really. Um, And that's, that's obviously the worry because there's nothing really to be gained from it. No disrespect, but everything to lose.
0: Yeah, there is, yeah. I echo your thoughts on the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup, always loved the FA Cup. Some of my greatest Luton memories are in the FA Cup. We might have lost the game, but that 5-3 night against Liverpool, mm. I mean, when we went 3-1 up, the old girl was absolutely shaking, you know, that night. Obviously, Liverpool have been here since and kept the club alive, really, basically, mm. yeah. Uh, with that draw. And obviously, you know, last season, sorry, two seasons ago, Chelsea in another, um, not the third round, but... Another humdinger of a game of football. You, you do generally get them in uh, in the FA Cup, and you still in the you kind of of the the kind of games where the shackles are off, aren't they? And everyone has a little go because, well, you, unless I mean, you're a real small club,
1: that used to be the case, didn't it? That used to. You're going to have to deal with different scenarios. Why I'm talking about maybe younger fans aren't may not be that bothered. I hope I'm wrong. Really hope I'm wrong. Um, but in years gone by. Luton would be the underdog in most um, circumstances in an FA Cup game, but now they are the team that's expected to win. So the, the 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 view of the game from a Luton perspective is slightly different, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still one of the best competitions
0: in the world. Indeed, uh, I've no doubt that a run in it. Wouldn't hamper us in any way, really, in terms of the survival battle. I mean, if you look at it, no, there's no fixtures scheduled for the fourth round day. I think we're all expecting the Liverpool game to be moved, which would free up a bit of space uh, around the fifth round tie. And then if you get to the quarter, of the FA Cup, well, you're dreaming then, aren't you? So, um, yeah, I have no problem with it. And I hope that we're um, right on it on Sunday and fully serious about uh, what's in front of us because we'll need to be because Bolton to be fair to them flying high this is the second time this season we've played second in League One in one of these Cup competitions we don't need to remind ourselves what happened the first time around uh, that was a long night and an even longer journey back let me tell you mm-hmm. Um, but all, at the same time you know we've played the sort of Harrogates of this world at home in this competition and we've brushed them aside so if we're on it, you'd still fancy us, but you've got to give respect to any team that's second in League One. We know from that one season that we were in it just how hard a league that that is. Come in here off the back of four wins on the trot and uh, probably haven't got anything to lose, have they?
1: Absolutely not. Um, I suppose it's a question of whether they would put out the full strength side as well, considering they're going for promotion and on the way back up after a you know a massive slump that we can probably all sympathise with in in some way. Um yeah, it's whether they go all guns blazing um at, at, at Luton. But even so, they're in a club that's in a team that's used to winning, um, and is scoring a fair amount of goals, picking up all the points in a in a league that's relentless, let's face it. Um so yeah, they, I mean it's going to be a tough one. I think either way, uh, you know, if, you, if we always talk, you'd always talk about it on paper that um, don't have the players, whatever side they put out, whether it's the team, for instance, that played Chelsea in the last game, or um, the majority of the players that started on the bench, maybe it's, it gets switched around. They should have enough, but that's the cup in it. That's that's the magic of it, and um, they'll come with absolutely no fear and no. No shackles at all. They'll come and play with with freedom, and it's whether Luton can manage it professionally.
0: I guess it is. Yep. Yeah. When the draw was made, I think everyone was looking at it as a Carlos Mendes Gomez coming back. Mm. Um, obviously, we still got memories of that Newport strike last season and and everything else. He won't be back though. Um, he is off to the Africa Cup of Nations with Guinea Bissau, which it was news to me because I was convinced he was Spanish. That's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> going in, and I don't think Spain are in Africa, but uh, you know, no.
1: he's, a, well, he's a Spanish national, isn't it? But he, he was born
0: in Africa. I just didn't know it was Guinea Bissau. No, well, it is, and uh, they're in action on the opening night of the Africa Cup of Nations, so they've already taken him away. So there won't be no sort of reunion with uh, Mendes Gomez. However, there is one uh, familiar face in this Bolton side. Whether he starts or not, I suspect that will basically be determined by how seriously they're taking the game and that is of course Cameron Jerome he's been on the bench for them most of this season as he was for us obviously um, but if they do make changes the sentimental one would be to put him in up front
1: yeah um, he was a consummate professional um, and one of those players that you're talking about it's to different levels obviously but you're talking about Andros being a a, a player that can impart advice on the younger players and he was one of those in, in that season and a bit that he was there. Um, yeah, and he, he always spoke very glowingly of Luton and he did put in shift really. I mean, he didn't get the goals, he was never prolific anyway, was he? So um, it'd be nice to see him. It'd probably be more preferable if they did play, no disrespect, Cameron Jerome, than if they did play um, Charles, who's their top goal scorer. But he will provide a lot more of a physical presence you would imagine because he can mix it
0: he will do yeah absolutely we will discuss who might match up with that physical presence in the Luton side shortly but you're right just on Dion Charles Northern Ireland international scores goals for fun I mean Bolton were in the playoffs last season weren't they largely down to his goal scoring they lost to our feeder club Barnsley in the semi-final (laughs) of the playoffs um Again, no real disrespect. And that was their first season in the division, having got promoted out of League Two the season before. So um, he'll de- if he plays Charles, he's definitely a threat. I think he's got 13 goals in League One. Top scorer has only got 15, Alfie May. So um, he's only two off of the best striker in, in League One. So that in, immediately tells you that he's dangerous. But anyone who plays international football kind of will carry that sort of extra confidence into a game with them.
1: Yeah, you'd think so. Um I mean they score they score a lot of goals. I mean they've thumped X to uh, was it eight?
0: They've done Exeter by seven, seven Which is not the greatest form guide in the world no. when Exeter have already beaten us this season, but um so be it. Uh the in the Johnston Paint trophy, Man United's under twenty ones. It can't be much worse than the first team, surely at the moment. <laughs> uh they've been done for eight by this Bolton side as well. So uh, yeah. When they, when they start scoring, they come pretty regularly, it's, it looks like. Yeah,
1: well, huge respect to Bolton for um, putting that many goals past mm-hmm. Man United and exposing that Mickey Mouse trophy um, and what they've done to it, as the sham it is for letting those youth team youth sides in for no actual benefit from what I can see. Um, that's what you've got to do, you know, separate the men from the boys and fair play <laughs> Bolton Wanderers on that front. Um, but, you know, scoring seven against Exeter... Uh, is no mean feat, um, whatever division you're in. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to come with goal threat. Um, it's just that, yeah, it's it just depends who, what defence they come up against, doesn't it? But at the same time, I'm not that concerned about defensive um, changes at any Stage of the season haven't wasn't last season wasn't this season because whoever comes in steps up so they're going to have a tough time of it hopefully
0: yep so we'll respect Bolton we'll only really know how strong they are and you know how serious they are when the team sheets are in but right now you have to take them seriously they are second best team in League One ahead of quite a few good teams in League One they're ahead of Barnsley uh, at the moment and they look a pretty good team and obviously they've got John Mcatee doing good things for them on loan from us. Uh they're only slightly behind Portsmouth. So, um, yeah, full of respect for them. Let's put ourselves in Rob Edwards shoes. Then James, um, let's try and guess his team It's <laughs> not necessarily the easiest thing to do these days. That's for sure. Start right at the very back. I think we can safely say that we're not going to be seeing Thomas Kaminsky on Sunday. Um, don't think Shaysy's forced his way ahead of Tim Krull, even though he was on the bench alongside him at Sheffield United. I think we're all expecting Tim Krull to um, start the game between the sticks. Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be. I mean, played in the in the League Cup game, and well, arguably I would have been expecting to have a longer run in that particular competition. So yeah, I I think that's virtually a nailed-on selection there.
0: So that's the goalkeeper sorted out. Now it gets a little bit trickier, uh, doesn't it? Um, I don't see us changing formation. So we'll, uh, you know, three centre-halves. I think we're pretty much sold on Mads Anderson being one of the three. That would make absolute perfect sense. Amari Bell never seems to be rested. I mean, even when he come back from, like, Jamaica duty and they said we've got to manage him, he still played every game. (laughs) Um, So it would figure that he may be the left side of them, unless Dan Potts is fit would be an ideal chance to get Dan Potts in. And of course, as always, we're recording this before Rob's press conference on the Friday so we can get this out to you. But last time he spoke in a press conference, he suggested Reese Burke wasn't a million miles away from potentially appearing in this game. Now, if he's fit, he's your right-hand centre-half, isn't he? No disrespect to Ted Mengi, who, as we've spoken about, absolute Rolls-Royce of a defender. But we need Reese Burke for the remainder of the season, particularly in light of there being no Tom. This is an ideal game to get some minutes into him. Yeah, if
1: you're Ted and Mengi, maybe you, if you don't get the selection for this, you're looking at this as a positive that you're nailed on for the Premier League as a as a starting berth. But yeah, definitely, it, it's been too long for Roos Burke. We all know how good he is and how so unlucky he is with injuries to coming back. Um, so it would be good to see him, um, whether he starts or comes on as a sub I mean it's a long long time he's been out isn't it so um I think it's was it October that he got injured um correct me if I'm wrong apologies if I got that wrong but it it just it does seem a very long time that he's been out um with a, with a hamstring wasn't it when there was a spate of hamstring injuries and um yeah so hopefully he does play a part I'd almost like to see you say you don't see a formation change I'd like to see one just to see if what they can manage, but <laughs> at the same time, not want to piss about too much because you've got to respect it and you've got to respect Bolton. I don't want to go too cavalier and try and change so much, so much just to, um, just because you, you're the Premier League team and you feel like you could. Um, so it's, it's quite a double edged sword that really isn't it. But if they could maybe play a four or uh, but it's come to the midfield then, I suppose. But, you know, that is, that is the formation you mentioned is the one that we're playing in the Premier League at the moment. But is there another way? Does he use it as this?
0: I mean, he could do, couldn't he? He did at Exeter, which would make you think that he's not going to do it um, here. That Exeter game would have been an ideal one, wouldn't it? You know, uh, around a time where we were playing teams around us that maybe weren't as threatening as the Arsenal's, Man City's, Chelsea's, Newcastle run of this. Of this world um, was it was it away though wasn't it? So maybe that changes. Yeah. With, with I mean, home. he didn't play it against Gillingham in the first round of that cup. Mm. Did he? he played three again there? And yeah, uh, he, he keeps on giving you the hints that he's going to rotate to a back four at some point. But I guess we're just going along so well at the minute that he doesn't want to change it whilst we're going along so well. When that inevitable tonking comes along, and it will at some point, is we're not going to go through thirty eight games without getting spanked once. Then maybe he's got the like, well it didn't work, we can change it sort of thing, but I just it just doesn't feel like it'll change just yet. Um to me. So I would go three set and a halves. So and I am kind of a, if, if Burke's fit, I'm kind of expecting it to be from the start, Bell, Anderson, Burke, and then like you say a Mengi or a Potts or a someone coming on at half time, maybe if Burke can only do forty five minutes.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably, judging by what he was saying in the pre-Chelsea press, it might be a bit too soon for Dan Potts. I know he's out on the grass, but although he, you never know, he might be fit enough to be on the bench and get 10, 15, see, see how that goes. I mean, any minutes for him is going to be a massive bonus because he's not played at all this whole season um, and just keeps having setbacks, uh, which is a shame because, you know, he had the last season's any where he... He just seemed um, injury free for such a long period, and he he played really well, and he seemed to find his place at left centre back, and got a few goals as well. Um, can you imagine him having a having a crack at some of those Alfie Doughty crosses this season uh, and set pieces? That that would he'd relish that. But um, you know, he's probably way down the pecking order at the, at the moment, isn't he? For for when he comes back for the Premier League, some. You know, a cup run but if he's fit, would, would do in the world of good. So, but like I say, I mean, any of those players in the back line um, would do for me because I think they all turn up and they all put a shift in. And um, certainly Mads Anderson and the two games he's come off the bench has been, um, you know, magnificent in, in the air just to steady the ship, really.
0: Yep, wouldn't disagree with that. You mentioned Alfie Doughty's crosses there. Are we going to see Alfie Doughty on Sunday? Uh, obviously, I mean, if Amari Bell plays centre half, you're running a little bit short of left wingers. But Ryan Giles would be the um, the obvious one to maybe go in there. I guess if we do see Alfie Doughty on Sunday, we're going to see him on the right side of the defence because obviously Issa Kabore has already joined up with Burkina Faso. Yeah, I think this game is tailor made to
1: get some minutes and some confidence into Ryan Giles, isn't it? I think it's got it, it's got to be because he just had hasn't had that much football really. And when he's come on, he's done a decent enough a job, but not really the sort of forward, um, uh, productivity that we were expecting really. So perhaps he gets his opportunity here because they, I mean, from the, from the formation that, that they last put out, um, which is what the sky sky sports were saying. There may be some opportunities down the wings, um, because they play uh, sort of three, what was it, three, three, one, one four, four, two. two. That was it, yeah. So if you can count quickly, there might be some space in behind um, on those wings. Um, and that might be a good opportunity for him. So um, I think he's got to play. Uh, whether Doughty plays or not is a different one. I would imagine he would. But then I don't want to really see him playing on that side if um, Issa has an extended run in the AFCON.
0: Well, that is the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, Issa Kabore could legitimately be away until Sheffield United at home now. And, um, you know, that's three Premier League games that we're going to have to cover him. doesn't have to be Doughty down that side, though, does it? We've seen Jacob Brown there at Brentford for the second half. We've seen Gio Benny for the second half against Chelsea last week. Um, Jordan Clark's played right-wing back for Luton in the past as well. And of course, Reese Burke's played right-back this season as well. So there's no... I mean, if Burke is in the side, he, he may get in there. I suspect Doughty needs a rest, doesn't he? But it's just who would play that right side in his absence. And um, yeah, it would, it, would, it would be interesting there. I mean, does he play a forward there? I mean, if... If Bolton aren't all out attack, which against Premier League team maybe they won't be, maybe there is the room to play an attacking option there as a of a of a cheer or a Benny sort. Well that that would be a great option whoever
1: you're playing to get chia playing. Obviously he's had to bide his time for a little bit after he had that little injury after the international break to get him on the pitch and to get him on anyone. It's going to be a fantastic sight because he had um, Trent Alexander and Arnold on toast when Liverpool came here. So, you know, you've got to be looking at playing anyone in lower leagues. He was doing that for Rotherham as well, don't forget, in the Championship. So then no one's going to like that whatsoever. And if if you imagine Luton have more of the ball, which would be a sensible bet, considering for probably the first time ever in the Premier League they had the most possession against Chelsea, just shaded it, <clears throat> Then, um, which which shows a bit of evolution as well. Mind you, it's probably a conversation for another day, but um, if they have more of the ball, then um, yeah, get cheer on it.
0: Yeah, we did have a comment uh, after one of the podcasts recently uh, revolving around the strikers. We did see that comment. We're not ignoring it. We'll do a deep dive uh, later in the month and um, we're hoping to have someone from the club with us when we do that, so we'll get a bit more of a sort of internal look at it. So we'll get that conversation right out there then, uh, rather than in one of these podcasts when we're kind of second guessing who exactly will be up front. Um, central midfield. The only thing about this game, right? Every game I've gone into this season, I've counted down the minutes to see Ross Barkley in action. I can't do that Sunday because. The best will in the world. We're not seeing Ross Barkley against Bolton Wanderers from the start. I just don't believe we're going to do that. I think, you know, it's perfect time to give him a rest, largely because Jordan Clark needs minutes, and Jordan Clark would be the ideal replacement for Ross Barkley. Yeah, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, and
0: the fact that it's so, so difficult and hard for him that he
1: got that injury in the last game of preseason that he's missed out on so much because. He was so influential in the championship season, and ever since he's been at Luton, we've talked about him in such glowing terms because he is a top bloke, but a wonderful footballer who just keeps improving. And um, yeah, formerly the the greatest free signing of all time until <laughs> Ross Barkley came along, but he can quite happily fill the, the second role there. Um, it, I, I, yeah, I really want to see him come back out and play and, and get some minutes and get some confidence because. You never know, um, particularly in this month that we're in with um, Nakamba, who's probably not going to be playing. I, I, I read somewhere where well, I was seeing it, somebody said that they had a meniscus injury and it took them sort of six to eight weeks to get back. So we're not seeing him any time, anytime soon. Um, and that means Lukonga and probably Barkley are going to have to pull a lot of shifts and you never know what could happen. Um, peli unfortunately hasn't gone to the AFCON with um, DR Congo which is um, a shame because he's been at every every um, international breaks this season I think hasn't he um, maybe maybe their coach has seen that he's not been playing regularly recently and, and not gone in there it's a shame for him because that would have been a first for, for him Um, so the, I suppose you've got the reinforcements there if anything does go wrong but um, they're completely different players as we've seen before Pelly and Clark and uh, Clark can play more of that um, number 10 role and he's got a very good eye for a pass
0: Shame for Pelly that he's not going to the AFCON of course but probably not a shame for us because Sam is going to get rested for this game as well isn't he Um you know, he's played a lot of football since he come back. He's had to play a lot of football since he come back because of the injury to Marv, like you say, again, maybe have him on the bench in case we need him for the last half an hour or something. But I think to me personally, I think the two central midfielders will be Clark and Pelly. I know there's a lot of people out there who will say, well, what about Luke Berry? I just think those two are more important to get minutes into in terms of what they could deliver in a premier league campaign to Luke Berry. It's not, no disrespect to Luke Berry. He's great. He's been brilliant. Super servant, et cetera but Clark and Pelly will come off the bench in a Premier League game before Luke Berry, I think. Yeah, you'd you'd think so.
1: Well, purely, arguably, because of the formation that they were used for the strikers. I know there was two at the end of the Chelsea game, but usually it's a one up top, isn't there, with two on the sides that fill in down the flanks when they're out of possession. It's not really geared towards Luke Luke Berry, unfortunately. You know, We haven't seen a lot of him, although he does carry a, a huge goal threat. Um yeah, it's it's a difficult one because the amount of crosses that go in the box and they ping around and he's usually there in the right spot for the second ball if it does come along, but um it, it it's it's hard to argue, isn't it? When you're watching Samby Laconga and Ross Barkley and Before you get Injured, marvelous Nakamba playing playing football in the middle for Luton, it's um yeah, it's incredible how <laughs> It's incredible. We're we're getting to see that. It really is. It just it almost boggles your brain. And when you consider that Andros has just signed a new contract as well and this is the world we're in now, it's just mad from from even when we started this podcast back in league two <laughs> and um and Barry Barry was in that side. So um it's it's amazing what 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 happens and um yeah, it's it's a it's a great um set of options they've got there really.
0: Yeah, it is. As I say, it's no slant on Luke Berry whatsoever. But if we are using this time or this game rather to get time into players ahead of a Premier League campaign, you do just have to put it into the players that are going to come off the bench first. And, you, you know, Pelly's come off the bench a lot for Lakonga since lakonga has been here. And obviously Jordan Clark's come off the bench before Berry in other games as well. It's just... Um, just the way it is. That's how I see the central midfield. I think I think James is uh, is with me. So we've got three attacking players. We're not going to see Andros Townsend. Yeah, it's nice that he signed a new contract, but put yourself to bed and save yourself for that uh, Burnley game. We're not going to see him. But there's still loads of options. The one man we're definitely going to see, and we're definitely going to see him from the start on Sunday. In light of, Well, we would have done it anyway, but certainly in light of his second half performance against Chelsea, is Tahith Chong. Um, he's going to be he's he's good to watch isn't he? he and he could really dominate a side like Bolton yeah he's got to play
1: and um, based on the strength of his performance against Chelsea he was outstanding and if it wasn't for the fact that Ross Barkley had been outstanding for the entire game then it'd easily been my man of the match but you know things changed when him and Chio came onto the pitch uh, in that game and um his direct running was you know frightened living daylights have hundred million pound midfielders. So um again, it is no disrespect to Bolton Wanderers, but you put him against anyone else, then you got a fancier chances.
0: I mean anyone who can read that Ross Barkley back here and be there for it, you know, is a is a decent level player because most people are like, well he ain't gonna do that and um and he was. So you we're definitely gonna see Taith Chong. We're definitely gonna see Carlton Morris probably from the start whether that's for Elijah Adebayo or not only time will tell but then we've got others we've got Jacob Brown who probably needs a rest Um we've got Corley Woodrow who would certainly need minutes but like you just mentioned we kind of play too wide of one and the wide roles wouldn't really suit him too much um, if we're not playing Ogbeni at right wing back we've certainly got a spot for him at in the attacking three. It it would be interesting to see. And we will, we'll go with Chongu with one of them. Morris with another one. But I wonder who gets the third one.
1: Yeah, it is an interesting one. Um, or you potentially could. Because he has uh, filtered out wide a, little, uh, a fair amount. Um, not that I'm in favour of it when he's playing striker. But you could have maybe Colt Morris playing the wider role and get Woodrow in the centre because be, that would benefit Woodrow more um, yeah uh, yeah I wouldn't mind that actually to be fair um, he's, whether he's can whether he's fit enough to start and play you'd want at least a half out of him when he's only sort of come back into training last fortnight or so but um, maybe it's all change at half time or something
0: yeah, it could be. I mean, he could come on at half-time, couldn't he, Woodrow, if Morris starts through the middle and then Woodrow comes on. I mean, you know, you just got to look at the goals that he scored in the Luton And Yeah, there's not been as many as he would have wanted, but the Norwich goal, the goal against Gillingham earlier on in the season, you know, generally when the ball's at his feet, it does end up in the back of the onion bag. So it'd be good to get some time into him, particularly as we're going into a spell in the Premier League where, OK, the five-card suspension thing's gone, but we're getting into physical sort of time and suspensions can pick their way up quite easily. So if we could get Woodrow up to speed, that would be, um, that would be handy too. I would kind of see a front three of Chong, Morris and probably, I mean, I still, I, I think back to that Gillingham game and I know Alfie Doughty wasn't in the side then, but he still played at the right wing back then and, I'd still be surprised if we don't do that and then play Chio further up. So I would think we're going to look at uh, front three of Chong, Morris and Ogbeni. Obviously, Clark and Pelly in the centre of the midfield and then the back five, as we've discussed. I'd be happy with
1: that. I mean, I'd be happy with any side that they put out because the players that come on or have come on so far largely put in a decent shift at best, at least. And then sometimes you get performances like you did from from Chong against Chelsea or um, Eli when he came on, when he was, um, you know, coming off the bench for for those games after, yeah, that, after the Tottenham game. At Forest in yeah. particular, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that would be a very enticing front line and a, a scary one, hopefully. I, I, you know, Bolton are going to be They'll have their tails up anyway. They're in good form. Why not? They've got It's a free hit for them almost. If you can frighten the life out of them in the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes and put them on the back foot uh, to try and negate, you know, potential FA Cup shock, which it will be, um, then, yeah, why not do that? And I mean, I'm always in favour sometimes of when you've got these games that can go like that. Maybe put out a stronger side... To start with, and try and get it done early, and then see out the game with 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 subs. So um, that, but I don't think that would be the way that they go because he's got such faith in all the players, and quite rightly so, that it will think whatever side he he can he can put out will 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 have a good um, tilt at it. And obviously they've got the X to game this season as a sort of bad
0: benchmark and what not to do. And also, he can't come out in press conferences and say we're going to need the whole squad for the X, Y and Z and then not play the whole squad when there's an opportunity to do it. It's um, kind of counterproductive to do that. The good thing is everyone who comes into this side will have a point to prove, not a point to prove, a a reason to play well because they'll want to be in the Premier League. Okay, there's some that got no chance, you know, no offence with Jordan Clark, but he's got no chance of keeping Ross Barkley out of a Premier League game. But Heath Chong would have a chance of keeping Jacob Brown out, for example, or, you know, Carlton Morris would have a chance of keeping Elijah Adebayo out. Again, for example, Mads Anderson being another one who could keep a centre-back out. So all of these that are coming in, they've got reason to give of their best and, and showcase themselves because there will, there will be spots against Burnley up for grabs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... <clears throat> I wouldn't see it changing too much up top because Eli's not done anything wrong to come out, but you get this game for Morris is another chance to show, say, "Hey boss, what, this is what I'm about." Because you know he turned the game in at Sheffield United and and played really well against Chelsea in terms of occupying silver in a way that he hadn't really had to deal with in the first part of the game. Um, so all he's got he's got to do go in there and and put in a good shift to, to give Edwards the the thought of what's going to happen, uh, whether he changes it for the Burnley game. <clears throat> I'd say the most um, valuable ones would be for Chong and Anderson for me, because I said Anderson's going to have a massive part. And when you come up against, um, you know, physical sides, then Mads Anderson's going to be your man for that. And, uh, He's shown that um, in the in the sort of very short but very effective cameos that he's had so far.
0: Yep, agree. If Carl Morris plays and scores two or three goals, though, he'd enough uh, give him a headache for the Burnley game. That but yeah, that,
1: that's that's what we want. If if you can have headache for, for I mean, he's got a headache anyway because all of the attackers have scored and they, they none of them are, you know, have this. Um, uh, confidence issue of not Hitting the net They've all scored to Certain degrees Obviously Colton hasn't scored for a, a long time But he's had game changing moments as well And he's He's a team player I mean, I'm, I'm No doubt that he's A bit gutted he hasn't scored more But he's He's Won doing points So um, um And And the, the same for all the other attackers. They've all scored They've all got in Good chances And It, it doesn't worry me so much about that uh but if you can score a hat for what a good headache that is
0: indeed yep that's our 11 then uh if you want to use it rob feel free <laughs> if you don't if, if you want to play barkley we're all for that we're never uh, averse to seeing ross barkley play a game of association football that is for sure and uh, let us know your team Uh, Have we got anything wrong? Is there someone you'd like to see in who's not in? Obviously, you'd like to see Barkley and we all would do. But, you know, anyone else that we've kind of forgotten about, a forgotten man somewhere uh, along the line, let us know in the comments. Uh, We'll take them all on board and we'll see if you're right and we're wrong. As always, we'll finish this podcast with a score prediction. Um, I always let you go first, so I'll go first on this one as it's uh, a slightly different game. I I do think the town win this game. I kind of think that we're in a different place now to where we were in that exit game. We hadn't won a game, had we? Uh, well, obviously, the first win was the following game. Uh, confidence was a little bit low. It was a stop-start p- passage in that part of the season as well, wasn't it? Now, it, we're in a nice groove. We're a much better side. Uh, and we're bringing much better players into the into the team and uh and I think we will have too much for Bolton I think this game will be quite high scoring actually they seem to want to score a few goals we'll score a few goals so we'll go with something in the region of 4-2 something like that
1: <laughs> Oh great minds that's what I was going to go it? for it was to have to go something different we
0: haven't discussed this before I, no. d- I didn't go first because I knew what James was going for um Hey listen, you can go for four two as well if you want.
1: No, I fancy a high scoring game. I think they'll I think they will come with confidence and they might nick one. Um hopefully they're two consolations and not the two that put the cat amongst the pigeons. But um yeah, like you, I think that Luton will be too strong. They've got too much to prove, they've been playing too well at such a high standard and such a high intensity that I think that if they were really struggling you know, if they were in Sheffield United's position, I wouldn't be so confident. But I think, um, yeah, I think there's there's goals here. But um, Luton <laughs> L- 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 don't keep many clean sheets this season. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to give Bolton a couple.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly that. And obviously, uh, as we've alluded to, Bolton do score goals. So, yeah, we kind of see goals in this one. Uh hopefully it results in a Luton win, though, because five Premier League teams are guaranteed to go out of this stage of competition. There's five all Premier League ties. I'm not going to recite all of them purely because I can't remember them all. <laughs> but obviously Arsenal against Liverpool is one. So that's one of the so-called big four out of the out of the way. Tottenham, Burnley being another one, you'd think Burnley will go out there. Um, but that's a quarter of the league guaranteed to go. So if we do go through and, and there'll be other shocks, won't there? Sunderland against Newcastle. I don't know if that would be a shock if Sunderland win, but you could see it happening. All of a sudden we get to Monday night when the draw is or whenever, whenever it is the draw and you're looking at it and you're like, Christ, seven or eight Premier League teams have gone here. You're one of 12 or 13 Premier League teams left. You're almost obliged to give the competition a good crack then.
1: Yeah, exactly. I and mean, if you can get to a semi-final at Wembley and you know we've had a great time at Wembley, uh, not this year anymore but in, in very very recent memory wouldn't mind enough, another trip back whatsoever uh, it'd be great
0: don't want no penalties there though And <laughs> enough of that
1: Yeah, to uh, last us a lifetime yeah n- none of that whatsoever um, <clears throat> but yeah I mean that's, this is the world we are in now Luton are a Premier League team there's um, probably not many games to sort of get excited about in terms of a, of a, a shock Um, I mean, if you beat some of the top six, maybe that's, that's a shock, but at the same time, we're peers of theirs now, aren't we? So um, there's nothing, at the same time, there's nothing to be scared of. Um, Just, just be very professional and put in the performances that we've seen in the last two and a bit months uh, against Bolton. And then, you know, that quality should, should prevail.
0: And home advantage, very close to a sellout as well, which will very much help as well. Shitty kick-off time, but can't have everything. Um, but yeah, we're we're expecting a high-scoring game, one that Luton come out on top in. Let us know your score um, predictions, and uh, if anyone gets it right, we'll give you a shout-out in what will be a review episode, which will be on set, actually, uh, on Sunday. Everyone's going to want to bugger off, and... Um, so, we're not going to do a, an immediate reaction one. We'll do a proper full reaction, uh, which will be out early next week. Did anyone
1: get the score right for the Chelsea game?
0: They didn't, which is probably a good thing because if you bet, if you're. Um, oh, pretty- Dan
1: did. He just didn't get the right team getting yeah, it. You
0: see, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> if you're picking Chelsea to win, we're not taking any notice anyway. So. Um- <laughs> no nobody did get it right before we disappear you may have uh, noticed an addition to our set for this episode the wonderful scandinavian hatter's scarf that is being uh well modeled by uh james as we speak and um well there's a story to this isn't there yeah well uh the interviews that
1: you heard in the the last podcast the chelsea podcast that i that did in um the mix zone I was speaking to Ross Barkley at the time interviewing him and then someone come and draped this scarf around my neck um and I was mid-question I think um I, I didn't quite know what it was and when I looked down to see a scarf I was mightily glad it was a scarf um but then by the time I'd finished interviewing Ross um there was no one else there and I did try and see if somebody wanted this back but I guess that This was a gift, Uh, so thanks for it. If you do want it back, uh, let us know,
0: but otherwise it would be a nice addition to our set, Scandinavian Atters. Indeed, yeah, great supporters of the town uh, as always, and it was good to have them over for the Chelsea game. Uh, Scandinavia have been popular with you, haven't they? Because you've got another gift from the world of Scandinavia.
1: (laughs) I did. Uh, So uh, people might have remembered, uh, if you haven't remembered, go and have a look back. We did a... um, a podcast in the summer with Lars Elstrup, the Luton enigmatic uh, striker, uh, formerly the most expensive Luton player until this summer. Um, we did a great in, uh, podcast with him. He came over to Luton for the first time since he'd left back in the 90s and um, it's one of the best podcasts I think we've done. It was, um, it was a, obviously a football podcast, but um, some uh, mental health stuff in there as well, which I think is very important to talk about. A uh, wonderful guy enjoyed his company. Uh, <clears throat> immediately after that, I got contacted by a Danish author who said he'd written a biography of Lars Elstrup, uh, but it had only ever been published in Danish in their native homeland and asked if I knew any publishers. And well, I'm, I'm a journalist so I I didn't really know any book publishers but I asked a few hatters and they came up with some goods um, and a couple of options and um, I gave them to him and uh, the book has now been published in English and it got released on New Year's Day and I've just got this in the post today so I've not actually read it Um, but thanks uh, Carlston who's the author of the the book. Um seems there's not much football this month, I'm gonna have a good old read of that. Um and uh yeah, get it if you really like that podcast. Uh and I did a subsequent article article on the Lutonian um dot com as well about um meeting Lars Strupp. So if you liked any of that, um there you go.
0: Yeah indeed do look at um that podcast it was one of the more surreal strange but fascinating things that both myself and james have ever done actually not just on this podcast but in mm. in our lives he's a he's a he's a unique human being but yeah it's we, we, it's it's,
1: it's uh, it raises a smile in me every time i go to gypsy lane retail park <laughs> because we met lars elstrop and mick harford uh, outside the starbucks at gypsy lane retail park in luton just across from the brace Uh, where Luton train um, and had a cup of tea before going off to do a podcast. It was was very surreal, wasn't it, that day?
0: It really was. And we walked away. We actually did the podcast at a hotel that Lars was staying at. And we walked away, didn't we? And we were like, couldn't really believe what we'd just been a part of mm. but it was yeah it's fac- it was fascinating it was fantastic and it's something both of us will remember for a long long time and um i'm sure the book will encapsulate lars's life just as well as uh, as that podcast did and it's a very very interesting one at that so yes do uh, if uh, if you are interested in that kind of thing do grab a copy of this book and of course uh, if you want to know what you're going to be reading about that podcast will give you uh, a good um indication so yeah, thanks for uh, those gifts. They are much appreciated. And uh, if anyone else wants to send James a book to look at, he'll gladly read it and plug it. And
1: um, I should say as well, I, um, the the publisher that they went with is the same publisher that did Ricky Hills' biograph or uh, yeah biography because. Um, um, Dunham from Adrian Adrian Durham Durham from Talksport. Gosh wrote it for uh, Ricky, but that's a cracking book as well. So have a read of that. If you've got it, I've got that one at home and all. So um, yeah. Yeah. That should keep me busy when we're not quite
0: any games over the January period. Indeed. Yep. Um that is it for this episode of the podcast thanks very much for watching or listening however it is that you've consumed this podcast we've got a bit of a request though we are closing in on 1000 youtube subscribers we would love to hit a thousand before the end of january and when we do we will do a big giveaway of a uh, pretty big prize that we've got lined up so um if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. You will find out exactly when all of our content drops, uh, so it's not just a case of potentially being in line for giveaways and things like that. You would benefit from it too. As is, will is a good one. As will we as well. So uh, yeah, if you haven't subscribed, please do that. We would really appreciate it. It helps the podcast uh, and the trust enormously thanks as always to the high town club for staging uh, the set once again to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for the intro, which is still fantastic, even though we're six months into the season. I, so- I should say,
1: if you like the intro, they've, um, Sean Grant and the Wolfgang have just released um, an album. They released it on New Year's day called uh, Corbellion part one, part two. So if you like the intro music we've got, go and check that out. It's on a, um, a Luton record label, um, which I might, Co-run, God, vandalism begins at home. So check it out.
0: Um, that is all of the plugs for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely promise you that. But I will plug one more person, and that is of course Ed Smith, creative for all of the designs that you see on the podcast. Uh, James, thanks very much for your company for this episode. Hopefully, Sunday lives up to how we've built it, and we can talk about loot and win uh, in the review show. Until then, come on, you haters.
1: this town. I love this town. I love
0: this, this this town. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looting people.